Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. John chapter 9, reading from verse number 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he found him, he said unto him, did thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe in on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talked with thee. And he said, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Last week we took a quick look at this same chapter 9 and we read from verse 1 through to verse number 34. In the verses that we read last week we saw that a man was born blind and the blind man received the touch of the Almighty God, received the touch of the supernatural, he was healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. The blind man was called by the Jews and the Jewish leader wanted this blind man to testify of his healing. The blind man gave his testimony. But the interesting thing about the testimony of the blind man was that they refused to believe that testimony of the blind man. And the Jewish leader, leaders continued to you know, question this man, wanting him to say something contrary. But the blind man gave his testimony, and his testimony was the fact that Jesus Christ was the one that performed the miracle. And because the Jewish leaders did not like what they heard from the blind man, the Bible said that they casted him out of the temple. And that is where we picked up our reading this very evening. In verse number 35. The Bible tells us there that Jesus, when he found the blind man that has been pushed out or casted out of the temple, Jesus found him and asked him a very simple question. And that question was this. If you look in that verse, I think verse number 35, towards the end of it, he said, Do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe in the Son of God? Until that time, Jesus' interaction with this particular man was that was on a very physical level. The only interaction that Jesus had with this man was that Jesus Christ gave him, the, you know, gave it, well, they healed him. It was a physical thing, a healing that took place. That was the only relationship that he had. Now, from this particular verse of the scripture, Jesus was taking that relationship to a different level. You have seen the physical interaction. You have been blind, physically blind. 
And now the Lord Jesus Christ, because of that physical blindness, he touched that individual. And when he touched that man, the physical blindness was taken away. His eyes were restored. He could see. That was the physical relationship that Jesus had with this, with this man. But the Lord Jesus Christ was not satisfied with just having a physical relationship with him. He wanted to have a spiritual relationship with him. He wanted the man to encounter a spiritual, to have a spiritual encounter with him. So the Bible, the verse that we read today, the verse we're looking at today, deals with the spiritual interactions of Jesus Christ with this man. Jesus wanted to not just heal this man physically. He doesn't just want him to see physically. He wanted him to understand spiritual things. He wanted him also to have that spiritual, his spiritual eyesight that had been blinded. He wanted that eyes also to be open, and that was what the level that, that was what Jesus was looking for. Physical sight is useless to any man if your spiritual eyes are blind. My mother used to say something that a fish, when they, after they have been fried, their eyes are open, but they cannot see anything. Okay, what you will find is that what you find is that you can have your eyes open, you can have your eyes open. But if your spiritual eyes are blind, your eyes are just looking, but you can't see anything. You can't see anything. So, it is wanting to minister to the physical needs of an individual. Okay? It's wanting to minister to the physical needs of an individual. It's another thing to minister to that individual on a spiritual level. And it is the spiritual ministration that we give to people. That is what actually gives them the blessings of God. That is what opened the floodgates of heaven. The physical blessing, the physical ministration only paves the way for them to be able to access that which God has in stock for them. So Jesus understood these very basic things. He knew that this man, in order for him to be able to be receptive to the, to the gospel, had to first of all see the manifestation of God's power on the physical level before he could understand what was going on in the spiritual. It is good, like I said, to minister to the physical needs of people, but if we fail to minister to their spiritual need, we have not done them any good. And that is what we see a lot of us in the ministry and a lot of churches are engaging today. We are more interested in performing social services where we give out food, we give out clothes, we give out all those kind of things. But the people that we give it to are not changed. They are not touched. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to giving out good stuff. I'm not opposed to that. I'm only saying that the motivation behind the giving of the most stuff should be a motivation to see the souls of men redeemed for the, you know, to the kingdom of God. So to minister to this once blind man, Jesus had to ask him a very simple question. And that simple question is, do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe in the one who has saved you? Do you believe in the incarnate Christ? Do you believe in the one who has actually taken that spiritual, that physical blindness and taken it away from you? Do you believe in? Why was Jesus asking this question? Why was it important that Jesus gets an answer to this particular question? The reason is very simple. The blind man knew, the blind man must know the source of his healing. Because he knew he had been healed. He knew the power of God was present. But he, he had to understand the conduit, the, the source of that particular power that brought divine healing, that brought physical healing to him. He, he, must know the, the, he must know the source of his healing. Number two, the blind man must know the reason that the Jews casted him out of the temple. If you heal somebody, it's a good thing. Why would somebody cast you out of the temple just because your eyes were healed? 
There must be something else going on under it. There must be another reason why he was cast out of the temple. So Jesus Christ asked him the question and demanded an answer because Jesus Christ wanted him to know the reason why he was casted out of the temple. It was because he associated himself with the one who claimed to be the son of God. That was the only reason why he was casted out. Jesus Christ wanted him to know. Number three, why was Jesus asking the question? And why was it important for Jesus to get an answer? Number three, the blind man must know that if it is it worth it to be casted out of the temple just because your eyes were open. There are certain things that you suffer that are worth it. There are certain things that you suffer that is not even worth it. There are certain declarations that you know when you hear those declarations, it makes your heart to live for joy. There are some declarations you hear, it's not even what the paper upon which it is written. So there are some things, when you are casted out of the temple, when that blind man was casted out of the temple, Jesus Christ wanted to know whether to that particular blind man was his sight, his physical sight, what's being casted out of the temple for? Was it worth it? Jesus wanted to know. The blind man must know who he was, who he was, uh, who he who has, uh, who he has believed in, and why he had believed in. Because this man, whether he knew Jesus or not, he knew Jesus could not do what he had done without the power of God. And Jesus wanted to know: Do you believe this man, or you do, or do you know why you believe this man? Do you know who you believe, and do you know why you believe? That's why Jesus is asking this question. Because one of the things you find is that a lot of people say they believe in Christ, but they don't even know what they believe. You tell them that say they talk about faith, but they don't even know the faith that they have. They don't even know why they believe what they believe. And that is why a lot of people are already, their faith is easily overturned because they have not taken the time to understand what is the basis of my faith. What, why do I believe what I believe? Do I believe it because the pastor said it? Or do I believe it because I believe it? Because I know it is true. So those are, the, those are some of the reasons why the Lord Jesus Christ was asking this guy. That was why Jesus wanted to know, do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe? Now, in response to the lost question, in response to the next question, if you look at uh, if you look at verse number thirty six, the Bible tells us there. He answered and said, "Who is he, Lord, that I might believe in him? Who is this particular person that you are talking about? Because when the guy healed me, I didn't see him. I don't know him. I just know that somebody healed me. So I don't know this guy. So let me introduce me to this particular person. Let me know who he is. Then I can believe in him. The point this man was simply saying is that he did not even know Christ when he experienced that particular touch of the supernatural. The response of the prayer of the blind man makes us to understand that there are so many people who have encountered this, the, the power of the Almighty God without even knowing the God that they have empowered, that they have encountered. Okay, he did not know Christ's saving grace. Okay, he did not know Christ, yet he has received the healing, but he did not even know the person of our Lord Jesus Christ who gave him that healing. So that tells me one thing that healing is not the same thing as salvation. There are two different things. A man can be healed, a man can receive the touch of the Almighty God, and it is still very possible for that man not to be saved. This is what we are seeing here. A man who had, who received the, who was a benefit, who benefited from the blessings of the Almighty God, who benefited from the healing power of the Almighty God, did not even know the Lord God Almighty that gave him that particular healing. He did not even know it. Number two, the answer of this particular man tells us that he did not even know the saving grace, and yet he benefited from the he benefited from the saving grace without even knowing the saving grace. 
Okay? Yet he was willing to be cast out of the temple. So, you know, suffering and, you know, you know the, the, the sharing in the testimony of the Almighty God, sharing in the goodness of the Almighty God does not necessarily mean that you already know what you are talking about. Here was a man who did not know the saving grace, yet he benefited from that saving grace. And yet he testified to that particular saving grace because he was the one that told the Pharisees, he said, if this man was not a man of God, how could he have healed me? If if God is not with him, he could not do all this miracle. He was testifying of the grace of God. He was testifying of the power of the Almighty God. And yet he didn't even know the person he was testifying about. And that is what you see in the house of God. There are a lot of people who are testifying to the goodness of God. A lot of people who have enjoyed the miracles of God. A lot of people who have seen God move on their behalf. But they have no clue who this God that they are talking about. They have no clue who he is. And this is what we are seeing here. Number three. The response of the blind man tells us that he did not even know the divine purpose of the almighty God for his own life. Yet he was willing to be casted out of the temple. He was willing to suffer persecution for the Almighty God. He was willing to suffer all the things that the, the, the Pharisees were willing to put upon him. And yet he even had no idea. Okay? He had no idea why he was suffering. He had no idea why he was suffering the things he was suffering from. There are so many people today who are also doing the same thing. Suffering persecution for, 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 for the church, for the Christ. They are giving themselves up to be born. Saying that they are dying inside the death of a mother. But some of them don't even have an idea of who they, who they are dying for. Okay, they have no idea who they are dying for. No, now we understand there are people who are dying because of the seventy-two virgins, but that's a different story altogether. But the point you are making that people who are Christians, people who call themselves believers, who allow themselves to go through persecution, some of them have no idea what it means to be saved. Okay, so he said, "Who is the Son of Man that I may believe on him?" That was what this man is saying. He's admitting his own ignorance. And this tells us that healing is not salvation like I said earlier on. You can have access to his grace, but that doesn't mean that you have applied that grace to your life. You can be visited by the power of the Almighty God. That does not mean that you know the person behind the power. It doesn't mean that. You can know the power, you can recite everything, you can testify. It doesn't mean that you know the person that you are testifying. Who is this son of man that I might believe in him? That was the question. In other words, to have the saving relationship with Christ, you have to know the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. There has to be an encounter. You have to have met him. And when you have met him, you have to understand the sacrifice that he had made for us on the cross of Calvary. And not just know the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross of Calvary. You need to be able to appropriate that particular sacrifice to yourself and believe in the finished work. Confessing your sins and trusting him for salvation. The Bible says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is it. You have to have that encounter and until it happens you might just be like that blind man who will enjoy the blessings of God the mercies of God the favor of God the healing power of the almighty God and yet still not know the one who had given him all this blessing who is this man that I should believe on him now why is the blind man one of the things you will see in the response of this blind man is the eagerness the eagerness the earnestness to know the person who has done it for him and that sets him apart from a lot of people that we minister to today. You see a lot of people who come to our churches and come to our, you know, come to the place of ministry and they want to benefit from the goodies of the church. They want to enjoy the handouts that the church has to give. But there is no eagerness. There is no hunger. 
There's no earnestness in their spirit. This man was so earnest. He was so eager. He said, who is this man? Let me know. Who is this son of man? Who is this, who is this man that I, that I believe in him? Who is this son of man? Who is this God? Who is this Jesus? So that I can believe on him. You know what? There was this hunger inside of him. There's something special about this son of man. That he's able to heal me from my disease. Heal me from my blindness. Let me show him to me. So that I can believe him. There is no hunger. Okay? Why was he so eager? Why was he so hungry? were hungry. Why do you really, really want to know the one who has given him this salvation, who has given him this healing? The first thing is that he was he was he was hungry because he had benefited from that particular miracle. In other words, if when I'm still outside, you are able to give me this, what will happen if I come inside? That means I will have a table in front of me that I will eat, I will have not even enough. Okay. I will have more than enough to eat. So that is the point. He was there was he was, he, he was hungry for this because he was be, he, he has benefited from a miracle. He was hungry because he had seen a chance. He had a chance to reflect on what the Lord has done for him. If you read verse number thirty to verse number thirty three of that uh, of that John chapter nine, you will see there this man had a chance to think about what Jesus has done for him. He had been convinced that the man who healed him must be from a man from God. If you read verse number thirty three, he said, "No man can do this thing." Except that man is from God. So he has had a chance to think about it. He has had a chance to be able to, to connect Jesus to the saving, to the Lord God Almighty. And he was ready to meet that same man. Was ready to meet that man who was able to speak into his life and give him his eyesight back. The thing is that there are many, like I said today, who have experienced the touch of God. They have experienced the supernatural. They have experienced the hand of the Almighty God upon their life, upon their situation. And yet, they are not eager to know this God. They are not eager to follow Him. They, don't, they are not even interested in anything that pertains unto Him. And when they come to church, it's like they are doing God a favor. Okay, I'm here now. You need to do something new. The last act you did was spectacular, but we need to see something better. You know, it's just like when you go to that 4th of July fireworks. You look at it, oh, we saw this one last year. You want to see something else. We have turned, you know, God has now become like an act. He has to come up with something new. Or else we are not going to be as entertained as we are supposed to be. But this man was eager. This man was hungry. This man saw that, yes, there was something in there that needed to be found. The question is, are we eager to meet or know the Savior? The same way. Is there an eagerness? Is there a hunger? Is there an earnestness in our spirit that we say, Yes, Lord, I want to know you. I want to understand. I want to know more of you. After we have benefited from the God, from the countless miracles, is there a hunger in our spirit? After we have seen a chance to examine the evidence, are we hungry for the things of God? After we have seen God move in our life, move in the life of our family, move in our career, do miraculous things, is there a hunger in our spirit to say, Lord, I want to know you? Are we eager to meet Him? Are we eager to know him? Bible tells us in verse number 38. Verse number 38. And Jesus said, Lord, and, and he said, uh, after the Lord Jesus Christ introduced himself to him, he said, Lord, I believe. And the Bible says he worshipped him. Verse number 38. And he said, Lord, I believed, and he worshipped him. He did not argue with the Lord when he was introduced to him. There was no argument. There was no need for clarification. 
There was no need for him to consider. There was no need for uh, argument, uh, for, for uh, divine, uh, what do you call it, give me additional argument or do additional miracle. If you are God, let this food appear. If you are God, you have to do this one for me. Uh, God, unless you answer my prayer, I'm not going to serve you, serve you tomorrow. He has, he, there was no need for argument because the man has seen the evidence of God's power. There was no need for clarification. There was no need for additional theology. There was no need for him to begin to calculate the time that the Messiah was supposed to show or the Messiah, time was, uh, Messiah was not supposed to show. The man was already convinced when Jesus said, I am he. And he was said, Lord, I believe. No argument, no clarification, no need to consider. Immediately he said, I believe. What the question that is always baffling my mind is the people who have seen God move on multiple occasions. They have seen God answer their prayer. They have seen God do a lot of wonderful things in their life. And yet they still have excuses of not, of not believing. The question is, what are they waiting for before their faith? Before they can put their faith in the Almighty God. What else are they waiting for? What else are you waiting for? What else am I waiting for? Before we are fully sold out to the Almighty God. Why are we holding back? What is holding us back from a total faith in the Almighty God? This guy was not. Jesus asked him, do you know? He said, who is that particular person so that I might believe him? As soon as he was introduced to that particular person, immediately he gave. He said, Lord, I worship, I believe. Nothing holding back. He was willing to give the entire, he was willing to give himself totally to the Almighty God. The question is, what is holding us back in our commitment to the Lord? What is holding us back in our service in the kingdom? What is holding us back from totally trusting him, trusting his, uh, trusting the, trusting his goodness and his faithfulness over our life? What is holding us back from serving the Lord the way the Lord intended for him to be for us, for for him to be served after the response of the once blind man jesus made a very very insightful statement if you read verse number 39 in verse 39 when jesus responding to this man's uh, to this man's comments jesus said in verse 39 he said for judgments i came into this world that day which do, do that day which do not see might see and that day would do which see might ha, might be made blind in other words, after the response of this man, a man who was blind, who was introduced to Jesus, introduced himself, and he accepted Jesus wholeheartedly. Jesus is saying that this, for this particular reason, that is why I am here. That people who have no idea of what it means to serve the Lord, people who have no idea of their, who are lost in their spiritual state, as soon as they acknowledge their helplessness and they say, Lord, here I am, save me. He said, for those particular people, that is why I came. But for anyone who is already self-righteous, anyone who knows everything, any Anyone who is satisfied, anyone who has God already figured out, he said, for those kind of people, they are going to be dead in their sins. What was the Lord talking about? Jesus is talking about self-righteousness here. Jesus is saying those who do not see, those who do not know they are left from their right, those who are in their spiritual darkness, those who are outside of the kingdom, those who do not claim to be spiritually righteous or spiritually upright or spiritually everything, those who are not the spiritual elite, he's saying that if they do not claim that they know everything, they have a chance of being redeemed. They have a chance of being called, of being called into the kingdom. They have a chance. They have that opportunity because he is there to open the door for him. But for those who claim to see, that is those who believe that they know everything. Those who believe that they are spiritually okay. Those who are saying that, yes, I have God figured out. We have the concordance. We have the dead Bible and all this kind of Bible. So we understand how God thinks. When, when, they, when, they, when there is a thunder in a particular way, this is what God is going to do. They have God figured out. He said, those particular people will continue to remain in their sin because they will not find it necessary to begin to open themselves 
allow for, for God to be able to speak into their lives. And that is why he's saying, see, he has come to bring judgment in this world. So that the people who are ignorant, they have a better chance of being informed. And those who claim to be informed, those people are in a more precarious position because what they don't know, they don't even know what they don't know. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So, that is why the Pharisees in verse number 41, in verse number 41 of the same Bible, of the same chapter, the Bible said, when they came to Lord Jesus, look at the arrogance in number, verse number 40. Some of the Pharisees now said, which were with him, heard this word, and they said, are we blind also? In other words, they do not even understand the difference between spiritual and physical blindness. They don't even understand what the Lord is saying in the first place. And yet they want to make comments on the things that they don't even understand. And Jesus in verse number 41 just told them, he said, you will remain in your sin just because you said, he said, if you were blind, if you were ignorant, if you did not know what was going on, if you are acting in ignorance and you are committing the sin that you are committing in ignorance, then it can be excused. We know that yes, you are foolish or you are stupid. We can we can give you a bit. We can we can we can you know we can excuse your foolishness. But now that you say you know you know what you are doing, then you have no more excuses because you are going to be punished for the things that you have done. He said that way in verse number forty one. Jesus said, "If you were blind, you shall have no sin." But now you say we. But now you say we see. Therefore, your sin remains because you are doing it willingly. The issue now is this. If they claim, if you claim to be spiritually okay, if you claim that you know what is going on, if you refuse, you refuse to accept the knowledge, the, 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 the acknowledge the Son of the Lord, the Son of the Living God, just because you feel that He did not fit into what He was supposed to be like for you, then the question is that the question remains that you are going to remain in your ignorance, you are going to remain in your sin. The interesting thing about it is that when we hear messages like this, we begin to wonder. You know, begin to begin to look at say, okay, this you know, we are beyond the level of repentance, we are beyond the level of salvation, we are beyond the particular thing. Or what we begin to see is that or all we you know unless we humble ourselves and begin to do what and begin to examine our lives to make sure that everything is still in order, we might end up like Jesus was like, like those people that Jesus was talking about. Jesus says, For judgment I came, so that the blind may see. And those who are having blind, those who are blind, those who say that they see, those people will go blind. That is the irony of the Christian faith. The irony of the Christian faith is that when you think you have everything figured out, God will always give you a curveball. When you think you have it figured out, you already know how to pray. You have a formula of how this thing has to be done. If you pray three hours, you sweat your heart, you sweat your way, you shake your head in a certain way, you quote a particular kind of scripture, then God is obligated to answer that prayer. If that is your formula, you have just succeeded in deceiving yourself. Because the irony of the Christian faith is that there is what is called the paradox in the scriptures. The paradox of when you say the way up is always down. The way to riches is by releasing. The way to promotion is by beside. Is, is by becoming a servant. There are several things that are counterintuitive in the scripture. They do not go the way the normal things go. And that's why Jesus is saying that if you want to be free, you cannot claim that you know. You have to come to the point where you say, Lord, I don't know. Instruct me. Then you have a better chance of what? You have a better chance of being delivered. That's why Paul the Apostle kept on saying in the book of First Corinthians chapter 7, is chapter 9. Reading from verse number 27, Paul the Apostle said, I put myself under. In other words, I humble myself. I humble myself to the point that I have preached to other people. I know the gospel. 
I know what the gospel is. I know what it takes to be saved. I know what it takes to be delivered. I have preached this gospel. I have seen many people saved under my ministration. He said, yet I put myself under. Lest after I have done all those things, after I have saved a lot of people, after I brought many to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, after I met many people to come to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, I myself will become cast away. In other words, he's saying that I do not believe, I do not become so self-confident. I don't come to the point where I believe that I know everything. But every day I use, I present myself before the Almighty God to say, Lord, help me. Because I know that it is not by my power. The Bible says by the arm of the flesh shall no man prevail. If it is by your own power, you cannot stand. Paul understood this. Jesus understood this. The interesting thing is that the Christians in 21st century have for some reason seem to be forgetting this very, very simple principle. That with the Almighty God, you cannot claim that you have figured him out. Because when you think you do, that is when he throws a curveball at you. The question that we have today is that, what is our spiritual condition? Are we self-righteous? Or are we humble before the Almighty God? Do we claim to have eyesight? Or are we asking that the Lord will open our spiritual eyesight? Is our spiritual eyesight able to see what God wants us to see? Or are we just opening our eyes and walking about claiming to see what God will, claiming to see what we have not even seen? The Lord will help us. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. We would like to invite you to join us at our March edition of our Breakfast Connection on Saturday, March 9th, 2019 at 9 a.m. The event will take place at 2711 Murfreesboro Road, Antioch, Tennessee, 37013. Breakfast Connection is a forum for equipping believers to live and share their faith in the marketplace. Child care will be provided. We look forward to enjoying a warm fellowship with you. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.